All right, so tonight, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Every time uh, I ever hear a preacher say, turn to Proverbs, usually I say, oh, me. <laughs> That's about a lot of wisdom. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be bad. But it's, I, hopefully it comes across the way God's been just burning in my heart. Um, put it up for me. It says, my son, attend to my words. Attend to my words. Don't just hear them. Attend to them. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Look at 22. For they are life unto those that find them, and their health to all their flesh. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus we pray for your anointing. God, we thank you for the presence that we felt here tonight, Jesus. We thank you that in every season as we sing, we know you love us. We love you, Jesus. We exalt you, Lord. I feel your mighty power here tonight. In Christ's name, amen. Listen to me. If you're here tonight and you think we're going to go through church services normal, we're not. The power of God's here. If you've already got what you're going to do on your agenda, listen, I got a busy week this week too, okay? This is going to be the end of the month kind of deal, and I got a lot I got to do. When I leave here, I'm going to be thinking about Monday morning, okay? So forget about it for a second. Let's get refreshed, and let's get restored, and let's get revived. There's a quickening power of God here. And listen, I wasn't even going to preach this. That You can thank Sister Paula. She sends me a text, and she starts talking to me about healing in my body. And about she's, she's believing in what I say. And when she starts texting me this, I am so stirred up that I'm like, man, this is amazing. That The, word, the power of our words when we confess the word of God is life. It's life. And I, so I begin to think about the word of God and it began to stir. And then I found this scripture in Proverbs 4. Now let me tell you something. I am not blab it and grab it. I am not spit it and get it. I'm not name it and claim it. But I am this, a positive confession. Too many times we confess everything but the word. I'm all about the word. Listen, if you get into Proverbs 4 and you read what it really says, keep the word in the center of your heart. Keep the word in your eyes. It will be health put up. Verse 20 back up. I'm going to work you hard tonight, my buddy. Listen, keep them. Verse 21. I think it's 22 I want, though. Yeah, go to 22. And their health to all your flesh. God doesn't make a mistake. I've researched this in the Hebrew. It does not say health unto your spirit. Because it is health unto your spirit and we can get into that. But that says if you get the word of God and the positive confession and you get the word in you, that the real word when you break down health means medicine and it says it is a medicine to your body. Now, there are times where we get sick. There were men that walked with Paul that got sick. Smith Wigglesworth rolled in pain and then would go, God would heal people, and it accomplished something amazing. He quit punching people in the stomach after he got sick. He began to get tender, and there was a reason, okay? If you read it, I have, I'm fascinated with the life of Wigglesworth. But he quit punching people in the stomach. Listen, when he would punch them, they would bend over and come up, and they would be healed. But he quit doing that and let God heal him a different way because he was like, nobody sick wants to be punched in the stomach. So I'm not saying that there's not sickness. I'm not saying that the story of Job proves that sometimes you get attacked in your body. 
But I think what happens to us is we don't have that word in our heart. And when the sickness comes, we're empty. And then we're trying to fill up on the word and get on. Nobody sick wants to get filled up on the word. That's why you call for the elders of the church when you're sick. And you really got to reach out. It's hard to have faith when you're sick. You got to, you know, and there's times we said, be it unto you for your faith. I get the balance. But I'm just telling you. Sometimes we got to get the word in us. It is a medicine to our very flesh. It's awesome how powerful the word of God is. So this is kind of the new year. And and I just want to just tonight show you some scriptures that everybody in here already knows. You can quote them, but I want to remind you how important the word of God is. It says the word of God is like the hammer that breaks the rock to pieces. Thank you, Pastor. The word of God is like a hammer that breaks the rock to pieces. Right? In our lives, I think we get a lot of hard hearts as believers because we don't let that word hammer us. We don't get the word in. Listen to me. You can put that down How many times have you gone and think about it? We get busy with our lives. We get busy with our schedules. We read a little bit here. We hear a little bit there. But we don't really get make the word the priority that it used to be to us. And the next thing you know, there is a distance between you and the Lord. And that hardness is in there because the Word of God is not acting like the hammer or the fire that breaks us and burns us. And it's not hammering us. And we think, hey, it's a couple of weeks. We've read our devotion. We've done a couple of scriptures here and there. And we don't understand there can grow a gap between us and God if we're not constantly let the Word of God into our lives. You would be surprised how many believers say they love the Lord, and they, but they don't know His Word. David said, you have exalted your word above all your names. We always preach about the powerful name of Jesus. And yes, it is a powerful name, but he's exalted his word. It's, hey, we're going to fade away, but the word of the Lord is forever established. It'll be here forever. And it's got to be a priority again in the body of Christ that we know why things are wrong. We know why when we're, listen, we know why when Jesus said, hey, I know the heart. You can do all these things to be seen among men, but I'm really, the word will say, hey, you're doing this to be seen, Jonathan. You need to do it for me. Knock, 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 knock. Hammer, 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 hammer. It'll say, hey, you want to be wise, Jonathan? Show me out of a good conversation that you can control your mouth. We don't want to read James 3. When he brought up James 3 Sunday, I was like, oh man, I'm about to get just hammered. But if we keep James 3 in the center of our heart and let him work on us and mold us, then we'll be wise. We won't just be like little children and state whatever we like and whatever we don't like. I wish you could feel what I feel. Hebrews 4, 11 through 12. I'm telling you, you guys know these. Let us labor to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example. Listen to me. 
Everybody knows verse 12. Please don't just ever read or quote verse 12 without explaining to God's people what verse 11 is about. There is a labor to, I mean, there is a rest to the people of God. There's a rest to us. And, and I think verse 12 shows you why most Christians, myself included, is not always in a posture or a position of rest. Amen? Y'all looking at me like I'm the only one that's unsettled. Now, verse 12, everybody's going to quote it with me. For the word of God is quick, powerful. And the word quick means it's alive. That's the best translation there. It's alive. This is not just dead paper. Man, you can get it and listen. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And if you go into it, it really shows you the discerning of who you are and what you do and the why you do it. And the reason that we don't have the rest in the verse before is we don't have this word hidden in our heart so that we won't sin against Him. And then He says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. See, you know all this stuff. But a lot of times we're like, I don't know the next way. I feel like I'm wandering around. You can put that down. I don't really get clear direction. I'm really kind of worried about my job situation. I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. And I'm worried and I'm worried and I'm worried. There's a rest to you it's found right here there are promises in here that you can lay hold of and you can claim them and he'll talk to you about them and you can write them down like Paula told me we're going to profess the word of God over our health over our lives you do it get in Isaiah chapter 40 and go through 40 through 66 and start reading all the wonderful promises of God in there for us to have amen I don't have direction. No, his word is a lamp. It'll show you the path. Amen? Amen. This word has to be hidden in your heart. It can't just bypass and you can't get it from a sermon tonight. It's not enough. It won't work. Look at your life. My sister preached. I guess it was teach, but it was preach this in Sunday school today about rebuilding our lives and getting the stuff out. And I was like, you got to start right here. Let me show you another one that you know and you're fully aware of. Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them is like a house that's built upon the rock. Because the storm's coming. Everybody in here, just get ready. The storm eventually is going to get you. And if you're built on the rock, you wouldn't take a million dollars once you get through it for what it does and how much you fall in love with Him for every storm. I'm always a better person at the end of the storm. <laughs> Amen? I look back and I'm like, man, it was the years where there were no storms that I'm a bad person. I got lax in my walk. I got lax in my... Listen, and I'm not taking, talking about some of these guys are getting married soon and all that. Enjoy that. Those good seasons. Okay, I'm not talking to you. Getting married will be a storm within itself. You'll see. <laughs> Glory to God. You'll... <laughs> That's all I'm going to say right there. Y'all should say, oh, poor Bethany. But uh, <laughs> it's a rock. This is Jesus Christ. If you think about every other religion, 
they don't have anything that is alive. And if you read the Quran, which I wouldn't say do, when I read it, I laugh. It's the devil's fake. It tries to sound exactly like this. The difference with it is, is it's not alive. It's a dead letter. It's not a person. This doesn't become real. Listen, I'm telling you, I was in a time of fasting, and I've been in church my whole entire life, and a couple of years ago, God showed me, I would come to the altar and say, Lord, I want to know you more. And it would be the cry of my heart. I want to get close to you, Jesus. I felt that way tonight. His presence was so real. I want to get close to you. I want to be excited again that you're coming back. Don't ever let me not be excited that I'm going to see you again. And the Lord spoke to me and showed me, Brother Hank, the only way I will know Jesus Christ is right here. The only way that I'm going to really understand Jesus Christ is right here. Every time that he baited the Pharisees and I want to laugh and every time he talks in James about the way I talk and I say, oh me, it's still the word, it's still him, it's his very character. I understand that his loving kindness is better than life itself because the word and that's him. His love is better than life. Think about how you felt when you didn't have his love. Man, I would rather have his love than life. David knew it. David understood the scriptures. I could talk to you about Joshua 1.8. We talk about 1.6, about being strong and courageous. We miss where he says, put the scriptures in front of you day, night. Meditate them on them daily. Your only way you're going to get courage is through this and knowing what I'm saying. The only way you'll find rest, Joshua, when armies are all around you and you don't even really have an army of slaves. They're not even a real army. And you're going to try to get scared. Don't you get scared. You remember my faithfulness. You remember the Red Sea. You remember when the walls were so big and I destroyed them. It's always been me. It'll always be me. And that's the same for you and me. It's always been Him. It's ever going to be Him. Get in there. Dig it out. I'm telling you, it's fun. I used to be a King James only guy and I probably still preach King James. But listen, get you something and read it. I love the modern English version now. It's a new version, and it kind of did what the King, new King James was supposed to do. Take out all the vowels and these. The, the new King James kind of twists some stuff, and that's fine. Read it. But I, I don't care. Get it. Get the Word in you. Get the Word in you. Get it. Meditate on it. Our schedules are so... I told God to not in my office, Lord, I'm about to preach to us to make a commitment to your Word, and you're telling me to do this. The, show us how. Our schedules are so crazy. Show us how. But you know, if you get the word in you, it'll, it'll realign your priorities. It'll start helping you those things you want. I'm telling you guys, the word, you know. Ephesians 6, 16 and 17. You're going to know that. Above all, Take the shield of faith wherein you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now listen to me. I have preached this so many times that the Word of God is a sword 
And what we need to do is grab our sword and our scripture. And we need to, I've preached it a million times. And go after the devil. Don't just sit beside your little faith shield and let the devil just hammer you. Get your sword and go after him. But listen, that's not what that scripture says. Whose sword is it? It's the Holy Spirit's. It's his sword. You know why a lot of times... These people that are really getting that the word is important. And they, I've got friends out of this church. And they always quote the word. and they always, But they don't see any success. It's because they're not letting the Holy Spirit yield the sword. The Spirit's not in it. They're just quoting scriptures. You know, I've heard people say, well, with long life, he will satisfy me. I'm going to quote that Psalms 91 and stand on it. Well, what if you're Jim Elliott and he wants you to have a short life that's going to change a whole nation by you being killed by spears? It's all about the Spirit. Amen? What if you're Stephen and the plan was for your life to change the man named Saul of Tarshish when they throw your clothes at his feet and he watches you look up and see a standing Jesus Christ and they pelt stones off him. Listen, he don't have a long life. He's got an eternal, everlasting life now. He understands eternity more than we do. It's going to be, listen, billions and billions of years Stephen's got. So you can't just quote scriptures how you feel. You've got to let the Holy Spirit give you the right word for the right time. He's faithful. Listen, I've changed my prayer life. When I walk in here, I tell the Holy Spirit, your service, and I mean it, I want you to work. I want you to move. I want you to use that word. Remind us of the scripture that's already in us. Begin to cut the bondages, Holy Spirit. It's your sword. It's your word. Begin to work it in the house of God. It's changed me when I realize, hey, it's not my spirit. I'm giving people, telling people to try to do something that's not theirs to do. The sword of the spirit, which is the word. He'll give you this, the word. He'll give you the scriptures. I have never gotten on my knees in a situation and said, God, I need you to speak to me that the Holy Spirit didn't lead me right to what I needed right at the right time. I can be in the driest time of my life, but he's always got that word ready for me. Amen. You know what the problem with us is? <laughs> we love other things. We don't want to say it. We don't want to preach about it. But you know why we neglect this? Not because of our schedules, truthfully. Because we have love for this world. It's true. It, it drives me crazy that I watch these I'm going to try to watch what I say. These rioters and these people. But a lot of them in the Muslim faith and in these other faiths, they know their Bible more than the believers know theirs. Because there's this some kind, we've gotten the disconnect from the word that we think, listen, this will lead right into what I'm trying to say. Let's let the scripture say what I'm saying. James 1. Aren't y'all glad I didn't say James 3? <laughs> For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. And the glass there, King James, it's a mirror, okay? That translates for into a mirror. So they couldn't go down to Hobby Lobby and get it. You get, you get what I'm saying. So go ahead, glass, you got it. All right, verse 24. For he beholds himself, he goes his way, 
and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. But whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, this is the perfect law of liberty. I love it. And can, don't just look, but continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Listen, when you get the word in you, you will be a doer of the work. We heard a scripture today about doer of the work, and it says, this man's deeds shall be blessed. And so I brought a little something. It's kind of out of my characteristic. But this is what should happen to you. When somebody's preaching or you're reading the Bible and you're seeing Jesus is the word and you see who you are. It's painful sometimes because we see Jesus is the one that turns the cheek and we're the one that retaliates. Hello? We see Jesus say, love your enemy so you're like your father. And we're like, whoa, I can't even love some of the people I love really right now. Much less my enemies. And it shines on us. He preaches this morning from God, not from his mind, and says, hey, if you're not a witness. And you know what we do? We see that we're not a witness. I don't want that mirror up. I just want to go back to... KFC, and I want to go to the house and watch the NFC championship, and I want my life to, oh, I felt that. And I want my life to keep going, and I don't want to see what I saw. I don't want to continually look into the perfect law of liberty. I don't want to go home tonight. Don't want to pray, God, help me be a witness to my coworkers. Help me be a witness. Listen, he, then he says, oh, when's the last time you tried? Boom! I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness. Take the mirror down, preacher. That word is strong. I'm seeing who I see when I'm not in the word. Oh man, I feel the Lord. When I'm not in the word, it's so easy to forget who I really am. When I'm not in the Word, I see who all you are, and I don't see who I am. I can see all your faults and all your failures, and I got time to talk about it until I look in the perfect law of liberty at myself, and then I've got no time to do anything but get right with the Lord in every way, shape, and form. I told him this morning, I am not the youth pastor here anymore. I am going to be a witness for you, and the youth pastor thing is something you got on the side. Because that's how we started. Heather told me one time, she said, I wasn't even living right. And my brother started coming to church here. And he would make me drive him because he couldn't drive to Walmart so he could witness to people. Because all you preached here when this youth group grew and blew up was about witnessing. And it spilled over in her life. And look at how faithful she's been to God and how much she's done for the Lord. And it's all, listen we got to look in that law. It requires that we share our faith. Don't miss when he said, if you're worried about things in life, you'll start helping other people and you'll quit worrying because God will take care of it. That hit me between the eyes. you got to look in it. 
Tomorrow morning, you got to look in that mirror. And you got to get in the mirror of God. And you got to see the image of Christ. And if you'll keep looking, you know this. Everybody in here knows this. You've had seasons where you were close to him. You loved his word. And you kept looking in that word. And the more you looked, the more the things that you wanted out of your life, they just fell out because the word is the perfect law of liberty. And you became like Christ. And it wasn't you, but it was Christ. Amen. Last one. I ripped the elbow out of my shirt or I take my jacket off because I'm hot. But y'all would make fun of me. I look like a homeless preacher. But I'm going to take it off anyway. Y'all just judge me, okay? It's hot in here. Thank you. A sower went out to sow. Right? And the seed was what? Well, things come undone. Don't be looking, all you ADD people. My elbow's cut, okay? It's got it. I cut it up. The sower went out to sow the word. And the word was supposed to bring forth fruit, some 60, some 80, some 100. He did not throw, somebody's got Verizon. He did not throw the seed out expecting three-fourths of it not to work. True story. I promise you this, if I tilled my backyard up and I got it ready and I went down to Farmer's Market or whatever that place is over here, Tractor Supply, and got saw Austin and got me a big bag of corn or whatever and I threw it out there, if three-fourths of it didn't work, it's called refund. I'd be going up there with my receipt saying, something's bad. Well, let me ask you a question. Is this bad? So what happened? And this is how I'm going to close. What happened? Well, the some seed got thrown into people's life. Some of you heard about witnessing today, but your mind was already on everything else and your heart was so hard. The devil didn't need but five seconds to get you talking about Julio Jones going off on the Green Bay Packers. Or whatever else is your thing. I'm not picking on football. Some of you are like, back off, man. I'm preaching on anything. And our mind was so there that we were so disconnected because we've walked around it so long and we've been in church, man. We've been here so long. I've heard all the sermons. I've been going here now for 15 years. How long have you been with me? 14 of them? Hoss, I've been going here 14 years. I know what Jonathan's going to say before he says it. And that word just becomes common. I know the thoughts I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts to bless you. Thoughts to prosper you. And it's on every magnet. It's on everywhere. And we're so hard, we're so hard to it. It doesn't bring forth real fruit. Or we even get to the place where we don't even believe it's for us. God thinks about you. Psalms 103, many are the thoughts towards me, oh God. If I should count them, they're more than the sand. Woo! He's thinking about me. Right? And then he threw some. And boy, it got excited for a couple of weeks and revival. And 
it made its list of all the things. I'm going to fast. I'm going to read 40 chapters every day. And I'm going to... And all of a sudden, the cares of this world, they really weren't committed like they thought they were. They didn't really, after they got the encounter and the emotion was over, they didn't get any root. It choked the fruit out. They had fruit. They were witnessing. They were reading. They were being conformed to the image of Christ. Their co-workers were starting to be affected. And all of a sudden, every toy and every hobby and every everything this world has to offer. Listen to me. I'm not preaching at you. I'm telling you the truth. Your flesh is your enemy. When you wake up every day, there are a million things in America right now that can take me down. I want razors sometimes where I get out in the mud and play around. I want all these different things because I'd be like, you know, just be nice to take some of the new guys, get a razor and go through the mud. You know, you know how justification works, right? And I want this and I want this and I'm going to be satisfied with this. And we get everything the world has and the conclusion of the matter always is only Christ satisfies. I'm there. We're all in this together. There's the only difference in preachers and people in the view is just the anointing that comes on them. We're men. We have desires. I see new Toyota 4Runners go down the road, and I want to buy Bethany one so bad. <laughs> you covet. And you think all these things are going to make you happy, and you get the new 4Runner, and it smells good for two months, but the payments come. And they don't stop. And you realize, man, she had a perfectly cool car. I, pr I promise you, I didn't plan on saying any of this. But I like where we are. The cares will just choke it. I, I, listen, I'm just going to be honest. My sister was brutally honest with us back there today, and I appreciated it. Almost so honest, I felt bad for her. Because <laughs> she just was open. But there's times where I look at myself and I realize that my hope has drifted from heaven to earth. And I don't even realize where the shift is. That's what I love about good Holy Ghost services. Where He shines the light in you and says, Hey, your hope is down here. Your hope is on building your life here. The disconnect is always right here. When I get too busy for this, I'm too busy. And I'll bear my soul with you. There's times where when I get under attack, every preacher gets under attack. And there's times where the enemy throws things, and all I want to do is go home, get in my recliner, have a pity party, and watch a show. I justify it even. Brother Doug's been a pastor. Brother Dennis has been in this forever. That. Steve, everybody's just been promoted. You, you know what I'm talking about. You get that oppression feeling on you. The devil begins to tell you that it's not working. And you feel like you're blocked in every way of your life. And all you want to do, and you justify it, or I do. Well, this is a, this is a good show. It doesn't have any cussing. There's no any inappropriate content. It's clean. It's my escape. And at the end of it, I 
come back to the only real escape and rest is Hebrews 4.11. The rest is the word. 11 and 12. And I realize the whole, I'm not really escaping into the show. I am drifting from the Lord. So are you trying to tell me I can't watch TV? No, I haven't said that at all. But I'm telling you this, if you do anything more than you pray, read your Bible, you might have a problem. Paul says everything in moderation. Moderation means that you're, hit, you're getting in here just as much as you're getting into your show. What I found out, Brother Doug, is the more I get into this, though, the more I don't want that show. True? He throws it on some stony ground. And that's, I said the root earlier and I messed up, but the stony ground didn't have any root. There was no root. There was no good soul. There was no good connection. I see so many pastors today, and I have so many friends that are pastors. And when I walk away from talking to them, and I try to encourage them, and they encourage me, and I'm thankful for them. But I, th- I think to myself, what they could have been if they had some men in their life to help them get some soul and, and get some depth and really get into the Word and really get more of a, than a shallow understanding. And what could we be as members of a church if we really got excited again about the things of God and about sharing it about His Word? Amen. And that's how I want to close. God's throwing His seed all the time. And He is expecting... If you really read... He comes to the trees that don't have fruit and he throws them, the branches throws them in the fire. See, you should read that and be scared a little bit. That's why it's so good. I read that and it brings a holy, not an unnatural fear of God. I've never understood once saved, always saved. Because every scripture I read, even not trying to disprove it, it's right there. Take heed, brethren. Okay, brethren, not world. That you don't fall from your own steadfastness. How do you get any plainer than that? I can give Hebrews 1, 2, and 3, and I can destroy that doctrine with it. That's all I need. But just scriptures... There should be a holy fear that the Word produces in our life that we realize i got to stand before God one day and Mama can't stand with me and Daddy can't stand with me and nobody's going to stand with me and I'm going to be judged by this book and what I did with it. Because if you see who you are in that mirror, it says says you're not going to understand the Word. It says you're going to have a doer and you're going to have works. You're going to understand you are the army of God. You're going to understand that He expects you to be in the army and give liberty to the captive and quote this scripture over people. Listen, there's many mornings that I wake up and I read the Bible and I'm like, that didn't really speak that much to me. And somebody calls me and says they're down or discouraged and the word was for them. It's more than just about you. At times when you should be teachers and preachers, I have to come to you again with a bottle. 
because you didn't get. It's about you growing on the sincere milk of the word until it becomes steak. Amen. Y'all better be glad I'm a little older now because I could preach for another hour the way I feel. Everybody stand with me. I've been doing this and it's just till the Lord tells me how to change it I'm not changing it. I want to have the altar call the same way I've been having them and I just found out they worked. I want us all to come down. Do you realize that the people... The Hebrews, when he walked up to the podium and opened the word, they stood in awe of it. You think we're long preachers. Woo! He read it from sunrise to sunset. And they stood. This is going to be a great year. This is going to be a great year. We're standing on it. But it's got to start with us getting the rubble out and getting our foundation again right. Listen, I've never been a fan of reading the Bible through in a year plans. And God spoke to me this week and said, I want you to get a, a read the Bible through in a year plan. And other than your other reading, I want you to make it a practice and set it as a discipline in your life to go through the Bible in a year. Now, my nana goes through the Bible in a year. I used to wake up at 5 in the morning and go in the sunroom and talk to the Lord and she, I'd see her light on and she goes through the Bible in the year three or four times. What usually happens to me is I get to Leviticus and I'm reading about the breastplate <laughs> and Genesis is like a soap opera. It's amazing. And you get into the fighting parts and the God's awesomeness and then you get into the breastplate in Leviticus and you got, you're like, okay, so like I'm going to... I got work and I got all this stuff. I'm not really excited right now about getting into Leviticus. And listen, there's beauty in Leviticus. It shows you that you can't just get into God's presence any old way. It teaches us something. But I found a plan that mixes it up. I'll read the Bible in a year, but I don't stay in any one book the whole time. So it's working for me. And I, and I know God led that on my heart because I, His Word is so important. Dr. Case stood up last Sunday night and said, God spoke to him, Psalms 128 for me and her. And I told the girls at work about it and we had a party. I started testifying of the goodness of God and the Holy Ghost came in Alabama power. And I said, you know what I'm so thankful? And they're all Pentecostal. I said, you know what I'm so thankful for? That it wasn't a word. I'm so thankful that it wasn't tongues and interpretation this time. I'm so thankful because I forget those sometimes. I've had great men pull me on stages in front of thousands of people and prophesy over me and me fall over at churches all over. And you know what? About three weeks after that, I can't even really remember all that was said. But I can go to Psalms 128 and it's always going to be there and I can stand on it. And that's how God wants to use us. He had no idea I was sitting there so discouraged. You say, man, you're discouraged a lot. Yeah, read about all the guys in the Bible. <laughs> kind of goes with it. We shouldn't be discouraged all the time. But man, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I want a baby. <laughs> a 
My heart gets sick when it gets deferred. Straight scripture. But the healing of my heart came through Psalms 128. Because I'm going to fear the Lord. And I'm going to be blessed. And I'm not only going to be blessed to see my children. I'm going to be blessed to see my children's children. Because that's my promise. And the Spirit yielded that sword. And He cut the discouragement off me. Amen. And He wants to do that tonight. I thought about how many times, Brother Dennis, have I... I felt the prick to get in my word and I didn't and then I faced something and I'm like where's God isn't that what we do we feel God calling us to the closet and calling us to get close and then we don't and then all of a sudden it all starts falling apart and we say God what is going on he's like I was going to give you the rock to stand on in your season. So I want you to come down here tonight as a church, my church and my family. And I want us to talk to God. I don't want you to make some weird commitment that you can't keep. I found out most of the time that if God really deals with me, all I have to do is say, Brother Hank, God help me. (laughs) Just help me. I ain't going to make no weird pledges. I'm not fasting for 30 days or any of that stuff to get you because I tried that and it didn't work. And we should fast. Don't get me wrong. This thing is a grace thing. So tonight, maybe you just need to come down and say, help. He'll talk to you. Just like me. He said, I want you to get a Bible plan. Just start going through the Bible plan. I want you to encourage your workers and your team to go through the Bible plan. Find one that there's a million out there. They're free. Ryan told me yesterday about a one-year Bible that's actual paper that you can read through. It's got it all mixed up so you don't get stuck. It was on Amazon, $14. I got it coming tomorrow because I'm going to try to really live what I'm I'm preaching tonight and make that word. I want to speak that word. Let me say that. God, I did it again. I stood you all up. Something that, that God kept reminding me. We've gotten to a place where people that are always speaking the word is weird. And really the truth is most of the believers 30 and 40 years ago would think we were weird and strange because we don't always talk about the word and about the heaven and about we're strangers and pilgrims. They think we talk like we live here. Get around somebody that's always talking the Word and always talking the Bible. And Christian people, Christian people are like, they're kind of off a little bit. Yes, they are. Their mind is somewhere where it belongs. They don't fit in here. All these people protesting about murdering babies and homosexual rights. Rick and Bubba, Rick's daughter, comes out and he says hey we're going to love her but we're going to stick to the standard of the word of God and people in Alabama church people blistered him because he took a stand on the word makes me so mad sometimes then you hear sermons like this morning and the mirror shines and you realize every God hater out there could be the Apostle Paul. And you got to let it work. Hey, 
No, no. God still saves the homosexual. No, it, that's an abomination. So is causing discord among the brethren. Glad that he hasn't made us not be safe for that one. Hello? Can they get to a place of reprobate? Romans 1, I get it. But man, this generation is just looking to fit in somewhere. They've been molested or abused. And they need to hear the glorious gospel. That we have the power inside of us that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power to give them beauty for ashes. And hey, here's the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. The oil of gladness for mourning. Amen. Come down. I'm not going to apologize for making you stand up. Even though for So I just want us to close this service praying. They're going to sing. And let's make a commitment to the Lord. Whatever he lays on our heart about this word. I want you not just to get it. I want you to keep it in your heart. Like Proverbs 4 says. It's health to you. But I want you to start talking the word. Eddie Gossett had a stroke. His wife left him. He, I'm telling you. He went through a Job encounter. He's reading his thing. And you know what? He was all drawn up. And he said, Brother Jonathan, they told me I was going to die. And he said, I begin to get this word and read it out loud. Because faith comes by hearing. And I was hearing my own self read this word to myself. And it brought healing to me. 